from the minds of Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness, and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Mile High Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock and Joe Piznanski, Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, and even the no-punt game. Herm, then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way, 27-7, and 7, Candy Wrappers, Romeo, and Airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now, it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. Buddy? Jason? <laughs> Welcome into Amateur Hour, folks. You've got Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness. The dirt. Let's do the whole show like that. <laughs> we wouldn't get through much. Alex Smith. Uh, Dirk. Hey. Something stinks, man. Oh, what's that? Well, normally. Yeah. You're not the freshest smelling guy in the world. Oh wow. Okay. But. Okay. What stinks right Heck now? Heck of a time to tell me that. I mean, you could have told, you could have warned me. <laughs> right now, it's the Chiefs. Ah, Chiefs don't smell very good. Worse than me. The Chiefs stink. Overpowering my own stench. <laughs> uh, Kansas City, on uh, national television, decided that they wanted to, uh, man, mail it in. Um, it took all of. What, 12 minutes to be down by three scores? Um, the Patriots had nothing to do with this game. The Pittsburgh Steelers did, though. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh scored the most points that they've ever scored. Uh, I don't know, in a single quarter or if it was in the first quarter or whatever that stat was. No, who cares? Um, who Rob, cares? Roethlisberger had as many touchdowns as interceptions or... I, I'm all right. Nope. I'm nope. No, as many right. touchdowns as incompletions. Oh, there you go, man. Uh, this one got rolling about as well as the Chiefs game did. No, nah, uh, we're doing way better but, than that. But, but don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. We will bring some garbage time touchdowns to you guys in the yeah. second half of the show today. Yeah, um, maybe a maybe a field goal <laughs> at the halfway point. Maybe, maybe. we're actually getting our ass kicked. Um, so. I, I haven't had a chance to catch uh, much of the local coverage in the aftermath. I read um, some things from the Star. I, I haven't really listened to the radio much, though. Um, what's uh, I highly recommend Dana Carrington's 2 p.m. slot from today, Tuesday. From Tuesday. It's really good. Okay. What's, uh, what's the general pulse, do you think, of social media and or... Um, even just, I guess, the coverage, because I've, I've been a little been a little out of the loop. 
Actually, if, uh, if I had to quote myself, I said it's thirty-six to nothing, which is convenient because I have zero interest in seeing anything Chiefs for the next thirty-six <laughs> hours. Like I saw that, and then I saw you tweeting like an hour later. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of the concentration today has been, I mean, what's gone wrong? Then uh, the blame game, I guess. It's kind of been an Andy versus Alex debate, uh, is what I've been hearing mostly. Uh, some Chiefs fans dropping off the ledge. Uh, lots of people bringing up the Patriots getting beat down by the Chiefs in their Super Bowl winning season. Um, so, I mean, how about the Broncos getting beat down by the Chiefs in their Super Bowl winning yeah. season last year? Like everybody deals uh, with grief in their own way, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to start with a couple quotes, and then I do want to maybe play the blame game a little bit, if you're okay with that. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first quote comes from Chris Collinsworth, who basically nailed it uh, in the second half on Sunday night. This is a team that has to win in a controlled environment, um, which I think is something you and I have delved into over the last few years of Andy Reid, talking about how Andy usually has a tendency to take his foot off the gas when we get a lead. The offense likes to play with a lead. They don't like to turn the ball over. They want to basically just get on top and coast. And as we talked about, certainly down the backstretch last year, let bad teams beat themselves. Not have to go out of your way to win football games. Basically, um, Sunday night was chaotic, and we couldn't do anything about it. Um, 22 points in the first quarter, obviously that's tough, but it's not insurmountable. What was the score at halftime of the playoff game that we never want to remember? <laughs> uh, 31-10? So, I mean, maybe if it would have been 32-10... to well, the outcome would have been different, yeah. perhaps. I mean, I mean, 12 minutes in, you're looking at the biggest uh, comeback. What would have been the biggest comeback in team history? Uh, yeah, upstaging ourselves <laughs> from week one. Yeah, <laughs> eclipsing the 21 points down from, from week one. So, I mean, we even see that, that the Chiefs were down 21 points just three weeks earlier, and in a matter of 20 game minutes, were able to erase that and win in overtime. So, um, clearly not insurmountable, but, I mean... I do want to ask before we get to the other quotes. Do you think like did they just did they fold? I mean, the one of the big problems that I think I had was that for a while there, I couldn't tell if we were trying. I couldn't tell <laughs> like like there didn't seem to be any sense of urgency on offense. I didn't really I don't recall us going into no huddle until it was like 36 to nothing. Uh, I mean, we saw it at some point. I don't remember when. I forgot a lot. It was it. like late in the third or early in the fourth where I'm I th- like, What's, I think, why? Or why? I think my question around that, that realm would be, I, I thought we were legitimately afraid of the rain. Uh, because Spencer Ware just coughed up the ball, yeah. slipped out of his hands. Alex Smith, I think the ball slipped out of his hands on that interception he screen pass. He didn't seem to say that. 
It sounded he like his sound after the game, it was like, well, I mean, I saw that he was like kind of tangled up, but I also thought he was wiggling free, and I just, just thought I was putting it in the right spot. Maybe he just floated it, because I didn't see anyone else really saying that, but... I, didn't it get deflected, though? Cam Hayward well, yeah, deflected, deflected that, well, yeah, yeah. And, and got intercepted. Yeah. Cam Hayward also had three sacks on the night. Let's say, we'll save the stats. We'll do a deep dive. Um, yeah. I just... Uh, deeper and deeper. How do you feel about that? This is a team that has to win in a controlled environment. And it's not... I know that I said that we want to as my response to it, but, like, we... I guess aside from the evidence that we saw in week one, that seems to be pretty true, is it not? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't, I don't really... What does, that, what does that even mean? Controlled environment? Understand. Well, that's, that's what I was trying to explain, was the like to get a lead and kind of sit on it okay. and, and play that very controlled style of football where it seems like a lot of the NFL, it is, the NFL's chaotic now. Yeah. You know, it's throwing the ball all over the yard and, and having to get vertical in order to get points. And you, we talked about um, maybe even after week one in our, in our elation from that was that, you know, if, if you were up 14, yeah. we were going to win. If you were down 14, we were going to lose. But maybe that wasn't the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, that was what I was thinking is that the offense would be in a point um, where they weren't like they were the last three years. Um, and so, that yes, that it would be uh, able to handle more of that. Um, and now I'm at a point where it's just like, I don't, I don't even know if the players on offense matter. Like, we cycled these players. It seems like we've gotten better on offense each year, but we've the offense has stayed the same each year. Mm-hmm. I don't really... I mean, it's kind of the... Uh, there, was, there was like a texter that texted in the Danny show, and I thought it was, it was a really good point. It's kind of a negative Alex Smith point here. I don't know if you're ready to dive into that. But first, it was Alex Smith didn't have anybody to throw to. So we got that. They had Macklin and Kelsey. Then it was he didn't have the offensive line. Well... We should have that right now. We're paying Eric Fisher a ton. We got Mitch Schwartz on the right. We got Mitch Morris, who should be a solid dude. Go ahead. I'll, I'll retort to that though. And then now it's kind of been for the for the pro Alex Smith people. Now it's blaming the coaching and the scheme, and it's just kind of like we're just cycling through things. Mm-hmm. And you know, do we eventually point at Alex? Do we eventually do we, do we actually point at Andy? I think that's it's an interesting discussion. Uh, the Andy versus Alex debate, I guess. Of of the points that the texter makes, which are all very valid, uh, you can text the show at no, you can't. Um, <laughs> so uh, the point that he makes about the offensive line, uh, I know that we entered the season talking about how it certainly looked like they had the most talent and would have an opportunity to be pretty good. The problem that they're facing right now is that through four games they have started four different offensive lines. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really want to talk about that. Okay, I'm just, all, I'm not. No, I know, saying... I know. The point's been out there. We've cycled guards. Uh, they should be the least important pieces. Should be Morse and the tackles should be good. I mean, technically, yeah, but if you can send people in those gaps every game, I mean, think about we're not, we're not getting beat that much on the edges. It's guys that are still coming up in those okay. the, the A and A and B gaps. But now I mean we're talking about the eighth and ninth most the eighth and ninth best players on the team and the ninth and tenth most important positions on right. the offense. It sucks, but I mean So I mean we can't you would we like can't to perfect you, everything here. We you, can't we can't right. be perfect everywhere. Sure. All sure. teams everywhere have these flaws. I think 
the, the big problem is the big picture problem for me, Alex and Andy, they're both good, but neither are great. Can the Chiefs be great without either one of them being great? Like we're just kind of stuck in this holding pattern that I've kind of feared and many others since we re-signed Alex. Is this the, the quarterback purgatory yeah, that people talk about? pretty much. Uh, perpetual mediocrity too is good another to term. get a good quarterback in the draft. I mean, although I guess people still complain about us not taking Derek Carr. I mean, I mean you can pick a drive, whatever, <laughs> but I mean, just forget everyone else. Just look at the Chiefs, at Andy and Alex. If neither of them can be great, can the Chiefs be great? Well, and the point that I made to you on Sunday before the game was that, you know, I actually... I've kind of taken a shine to Alex. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like him too. But but my fear with Alex, or my fear with the team, I guess, is that like I don't I don't know if Alex or if the rest of the team. I mean, however you want to look at it. If we're just talking specifically about Andy and Alex, I don't know if we can win a Super Bowl or get over the hump with Alex at quarterback. But the problem is, I think that there's such a small group of quarterbacks in the world. Not just like, we can't just talk about like in the NFL, like on the planet. Elite quarterback is an endangered species. There are like 10 of them that exist anywhere. And so to say, man, I if can you imagine what the offense would look like if we had one of these 10 guys on the planet? That's I actually what, can't. That's, that's what everyone wants. I don't, I don't think that the Chiefs... And and this is where I think that I differ from some people that are mad about Alex or maybe just mad about the Chiefs or their fandom of the Chiefs for such a prolonged period of time. I mean, it feels like a lot but, of the same for a long time. Right, right. But I don't... I I choose not to believe that the Chiefs are like, you know what we want to do? Not draft a quarterback. No, I know that. Like, that we just don't care about having an well, elite quarterback. Do you think it's... Do you think this is reasonable? The Chiefs are more interested in not being bad than being great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's it's, I think it's legitimate. You want people to go to the games. You want people to care about the team. If they go on 9-7, and seven, people are caring about the team. I, th- I think that they are trying to win a Super Bowl, especially right now with this regime. I think that they are trying to win a Super Bowl in what should be considered a pretty conventional way. Um, and and I, th- I, I think that the, the strange thing and the difficult thing about the NFL is that, you know, you said that maybe they care more about being good than, than being great, technically. That's a really difficult thing for me to try to imagine in the NFL because I guess if you see anyone that is maybe... Like, they talk about, you know, find your guy and go get him. And so people maybe want to applaud, like, what the Eagles and Doug Peterson did because they traded up from, like, 13 to 8 and then from 8 to 2. And then, and they got Wentz. But it's also that, like, I guess if the Rams would have taken Wentz, they would have just taken Goff. They didn't care. They liked both of them. Mm-hmm. And if those roles are reversed, I mean, who knows? Jared Goff is, like, not even active right now. But I, I think that... What you see in baseball, we think about the Marlins, who did it multiple times, where they basically just bought a World Series, and then they were terrible for the next five or six years. They would accumulate the assets in order to make a run, and then break the team apart. Yeah, I wouldn't say bought, but yeah. 
but you can't you can't really do they that. They wanted their whole team to come up at the same time and then get rid of everyone. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's almost like it's what the Royals have tried to do. I mean, they want to keep some of those pieces, but I think that that's what, that's kind of, the NFL, you can't, I don't know that you can do that. The NFL is so much different from other sports. I'm not looking at that. I I think it's just a philosophical debate. Are you satisfied with the Chiefs being good? I mean, somebody somebody tweeted me today, like, I'm satisfied with us being pretty good. Or... Would you rather take that chance where you can fall flat on your face? Because if we get... I mean, this is this is pointing directly to Andy and Alex. You can keep them, and we're going to be in the 8-8 to to 11-5 and range for their careers. Mm-hmm. Or, do you want to break that? Do you want a chance to be great where you can also fall flat on your face? Like, which would you rather see from the team? I mean, we were, we were super... I mean, we had a couple 2-14 and 14 seasons in there, and at that point, like, hell... We'd be taking eight and eight. We'd be taking eleven five all day. Mm-hmm. We'd take that any day. Uh, but now we've reached a point in fourth season of this. I don't know if there's much of a ceiling. Um, and also, I think you you can get by with like not being great at coach or quarterback, but you have to have like the best defense in the league. Denver. And I think Chiefs might have had that last year. I think they had the pieces for that, and I think the injuries just derailed any chance they had. And then I think the defense was kind of gutted this season, and I don't think – I mean, it's an, I think it's an average defense now. I mean, I picked us to be 1-3 and three at the bye, and we're 2-2, two and two, and it's this aberration, ultimately, I guess, against San Diego that, that has kept us from that. And I thought that the team was going to be a lot better at the end of the year than the beginning, and not necessarily because of the health of Jamal Charles or Justin Houston, which I think is what most people are still banking on. Um, it's all we got. Right, right. But, I mean, for me, it was more about the development of young players. You have so many young players out there that have to get reps, and at the beginning, you're going to take your lumps – and, I mean, this is something that they talked about. I, I'm pretty sure I heard it on Sunday Night Football where they said, what you have to do, like what NFL teams do, these first four to six games, like it is, it's so unpredictable. But what you have to do if you really want to go out and win a Super Bowl is that you have to put young players in a position where they can learn on the job and you hope that you're better in week 16 than you are in week six, basically. Well, and and. The problem with that, I think I've been mostly satisfied with the young players. It's it's our it's the guys we're playing. It's the veterans we're paying that aren't making enough plays. The, I, They're I not think, being good enough. I, I think one of the the really tough decisions that I I mean I hate to do it because I love the guy. I really really do, but I can't believe that we're paying Tomba Ali as much money as we are. Um, I still think what happened there is they weren't going to resign him, and then they figured they found out the Justin Houston news, and then they were kind of backed into a corner. Yeah. And had to resign. That's. I mean, I'm. I couldn't. I could not disagree with that logic. Not necessarily that being uh, the right decision, but yeah. I could see where that might be exactly what happened with yep. them. Um, and also, I mean, the Chiefs are right where I have. I mean, I picked them to go nine and seven this year. I didn't get all of the preseason hype from the national media. Like we were a sexy pick. People picked us to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melinger wrote in his car- column with no hesitation: "This is the best roster the Chiefs have had." And I don't understand that. I mean, maybe if you include Justin Houston in it, uh, that's kind of, I don't know, depends on where you are on that, I guess. Right. I, don't, I think last year's roster was way better than this year's. I thought that before the season. I mean, my, my feelings going into the season were Chiefs don't have any great players because Houston's hurt. 
Charles is banged up and coming back and older. And so we're really, really, really pretty good. We have a bunch of B-level players who are not playing like B-level players right now. Some of them. Before we move away from the Alex and Andy thing, let me ask you one last question. You asked if uh, if I was okay with the Chiefs being good or if I would like to see them maybe take a shot, take a run at being great. Um, I know, because you're my, my best good friend, that you were pretty much all in on Chip Kelly and thought that bringing a guy like Chip Kelly to Kansas City at the time that we decided to hire Andy Reid, you wanted something that was unconventional like that, and you thought that Chip Kelly was kind of the perfect choice. A high ceiling, yeah. Um, Is that what you have in mind, or is it the, I want to draft a quarterback in the first round for the first time since Todd Blackledge? Like, which one? Do you want Andy Reid and a new quarterback, or do you want a different coach and... I guess probably ultimately a new quarterback. Too. If I had to choose, I would choose Andy and a new quarterback. Or Andy and a scrub quarterback. Um, I mean, the, the ultimate example is that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I mean, I think the ultimate example that you're looking for is Andy and Chase Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but both those guys kind of got paid this, this year, so right. uh, they don't even really apply anymore. Uh, but yeah, I would look... Yeah, I would... I would like I would go in the quarterback route over the coach route, I think. And you think that that like if you took the the pulse of people, I think that they would wholeheartedly agree. And well, six a lot of ran that, that today, that poll today. Oh, like oh, okay. who's more to blame? Well, this is this is more. I guess it's it's kind different. Of the inverse it's of different. That. It's like what would you rather see? Yeah. Or what would you rather have? Yeah. Like a different quarterback or a different coach? Yeah. I mean, I think there's debates for each one. I think there's debate for both. And I, I and I see the debate to keep both. Yeah. I see the debate to to ride this out, to to stay relevant, to stay on that cusp and hope something breaks right. I mean, look at all the breaks the Denver Broncos got on the way last year. I mean, that was not really the best team in the league, but they were the best team when it mattered, and they beat the teams in front of them, and they got a championship because of it. I'm not I'm not like jumping out the window just yet. Me neither. Um, and I don't, I I think, don't think, I think anybody should. I mean, you have to remember, just just to try as, as best as possible to put it in context, like the, the team that we just lost to lost by more points than we did the week before. And whether that makes us look worse, like Pittsburgh just lost by 31. Yeah. You know, so like it's, don't get me wrong, yeah, it, it sucks. It was a tough Oh, loss, it's a week-to-week but. league and the Chiefs are going to bounce back. I mean, this this conversation isn't going to be had after we beat the Raiders in Oakland or something. We're all we'll all hop back on, and then there'll be another disappointment later, and we'll all feel like this. That's, I mean, that's just kind of it's kind of repetitive over the last uh, three to four years with with Andy and Alex. Coming up next, let's look at some stats. Before we jump into the stats, let's uh, just recap real quick the. Uh, the last conversation that we had here, the the conversation about Andy and Alex, and really just like how can can you be satisfied with the Chiefs being good, or do you want to see them be great? Yeah, I, I just don't think I don't want it to come off like I'm like done with Alex Smith because I, I think he does really good things. I've always said I love Alex Smith on the field, and I hate his contracts pretty much, uh, and that's that's kind of an old conversation or whatever. 
Uh, but but if pressed, if I wanted to take that chance to be the great, and obviously we get to see the rest of the season play out for making that decision, and that's that will matter of greatly in that that decision. Um, but I'm not like done with Alex Smith. I mean, I look back at like his his playoff game against the Patriots last year. He's fantastic with a beaten down team. Like he he does a lot of great things, and I still like Alex. But I'm just kind of worried that he's not going to be able to take that next step, and. And it's just, I, I look at that good versus great conversation, and these are the times to have it, and and that's, I think it's just an interesting debate. Right, and I mean, I, and I, <clears throat> I think if, like, if I had to, to really try to just boil it down, give you, like, a 140-character stance on it, the Chiefs would absolutely be better with a better quarterback. But it's really hard to find. It's really hard. It's I mean, yeah. really, really hard to find. I mean, yeah. You're, and I'm not You're opposed. taking a swing here, and it's like yeah. a... What thirty percent chance that you hit on something, and a seventy percent chance you get worse. Mm-hmm. So, do you take that? And I'm I, I mean, am not opposed to like taking those swings at all. And I think a lot of that has to do maybe with just like the the context of my life as a Chiefs fan. I have seen this team be very good and get like to that cusp multiple times in in like multiple decades. I've seen it. I mean, we've essentially seen it like three different times where it's like, man, I thought we had a great shot to win the Super Bowl. You know, we, I thought we had it with Marty. I thought we had it with Dick Vermeil, And now I thought we've had it, you know, with Andy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they keep coming up short, like, you have to figure out what that change is. And I think that everybody, what they want is an elite quarterback. And absolutely, I want that. I can just, just see, man, they're so hard to find. I see both sides so well because in those t- depressing chief seasons, you're just like, man, just give me like... Just give me four months of enjoyment. Like, let me follow the team and care, and don't let the season be over in September, which has happened multiple times in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then I also see, like, man, the Chiefs, sometimes they try so hard to not be bad. Like, we settle for these, you know, the best backup quarterback out there. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to see them take that chance. But, uh, yeah, I'm satisfied with that conversation now. Okay. You ready to take a, uh, a deep dive? I am. You're going to take a deep dive. Let's, uh, let's throw on our uh, air tanks here. We're going to take a deep dive into some stats here. Hey, hang on. Yeah. Throw those. There we go. That's us. Drop them down below the surface. There we go. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Feeling a little bit better. A little bit lighter, ladder-headed. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's just a normal exhale there. Don't worry. A little bit deeper. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now we're in the right frame of mind for some stats. Yeah, let's take that deep dive. <laughs> Dirk, you said you had a game stat. A game stat? Uh, there were a lot of them that came out of the game, but we didn't really want to talk about those. Yeah, I actually... They were all pretty bad. I actually brought up the box score for the first time an hour before this podcast. I was like, eh, might as well take a look here. Yeah. You know we had more first downs with them? That's yeah. not the that's not the game stat I had. No, I actually that was pretty funny. I did see a couple people be like, "Well, I mean, Alex only had like twenty fewer passing yards than they did." <laughs> right. How about the mistakes? How did this game get out of hand? Here you go. Uh, you had the Spencer Ware fumble, the Alex interception, kick return to the two yard line, a shanked punt. Steelers went up twenty two nothing. They gained seventy six yards of offense on those three touchdown drives. Seventy six. Yeah, it didn't take much. Didn't take much. We. Handed that game to them. Um, I do remember seeing from the game, though, that Pittsburgh had three touchdowns in the game 
all passing that were longer than our longest passing play. Yeah. Um, they had they had three from like outside of thirty yards. I mean you could have told me that before the game, it wouldn't have shocked me. Yeah. Um I my my lone game stat, uh something that we covered last week, and here's just your update on it. Uh Pittsburgh had one sack going into the game. The Chiefs allowed four. Um and three of our four opponents this year, the Chiefs are giving up above what their average sacks for the season is. So, um, Houston, we allowed four sacks in that game, and Houston has 11 on the season. Gotcha. Um, and then against the Chargers... Who did we not? Uh, the, actually, the Jets. We only gave up two, and the Jets have 11 on there. Um, so, Suck so, Jets. So, essentially, as of right now, through four games of the season, um, if the Raiders, let's say the Raiders are averaging two sacks a game, expect the Chiefs to give up three the next time you yeah. see them. Yeah, that, and that's, reason, that's where we're at. The only reason we didn't against the Jets is, I mean, we shut the offense down in the third quarter. Yeah, we didn't really. This is this is also an Alex Smith problem, by the way. He had the great line in in San Francisco, and he still got sacked a ton. I mean, this has been a, a conversation around. He'll take the sack, overthrow a pick any day, and you know that helps you some, that hurts you some. There's just there's a lot of takes a lot of sacks. Has a lot of sacks, I bet. A lot of really good sacks. <laughs> That was bad sacks on Sunday, though. Yeah, it was. Don't get it twisted. It was. Uh, how about this? I charted some uh, Chiefs offensive drives. Um, okay, this is... I mean, it's a little cherry-picking. I'll give you that. But I am excluding the fourth quarter of the Chargers game. And I'm excluding the fourth quarter of the Steelers game. Steelers game drives were totally meaningless. So that, that, And the Chargers was just the one quarter where the offense really looked good. Was it in the fourth quarter that we had the 15-play drive where we didn't score? I think that was third quarter. Oh, okay. But that was fun. Rats. Okay, so outside of those two quarters and the Chargers overtime too, uh, we have had 40 offensive drives. Uh, made a little notes here. Uh, we had 11 three-and-outs. We've had 11 other times where we punted. We've had nine turnovers. That includes uh, not getting on a fourth down. I didn't know, really know what to put that. So that's, that's in the turnovers category. We've had seven field goals and two touchdowns. In all drives, excluding when we've been good. Basically. Excluding, yeah. Well, so, so excluding the meaningless. Mo- most of the football okay, that we've played. Excluding the one good quarter of <laughs> offensive football we played and one completely meaningless quarter against the Steelers where they're sure they had their backups on the game. Um, and we had Jamal Charles out there. And per my MO, this one is completely stolen. Stole it. Didn't didn't come up with it myself. Don't credit them. The rest of them. Don't credit the them. The rest of them are mine. But this one, uh, I did hear. Are on, you just going to repeat the stat I just gave? N- no. Because that would, that, would be, that would be a good steal. Yeah. <laughs> so I Actually, charted. something that I just heard <laughs> earlier today. No, uh, from the first hour of Danny's show on Monday, they mentioned that the Chiefs in the first half of games so far this season, 12 punts, 5 turnovers, 3 field goals, 1 touchdown, as far as offense is concerned. Uh, That's that's pretty bad for a team that we thought always needed to have the lead in order to be successful in games. Do you have a predominant theory on why the offense has been so bad? Because they... Suck right now. So it's um, just a bad couple games. All right. Well, let me. Like, all right. I'm not done with stats, so I mean, I, I'm not either. Okay. And, uh, and that's why I'm going to answer your question with some stats. Okay. Um. So 
last season, the Chiefs were pretty balanced. We liked where we were at when Jamal was out. We were running the ball quite a bit. Um, we kind of put to bed those those run Andy tweets, right? And thoughts. So um, how about this? So far this season, I know it's only four games. Uh, some of this, admittedly, speaks to the Chiefs trailing a lot. Um, Alex Smith, fourth in the NFL in pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of 2015, he was 29th. Hey. <laughs> um, and despite being fourth in the NFL in pass attempts, Alex is 19th in yards, and he's also last in yards per attempt. Last. Last. Um... The Chiefs are currently 30th in the NFL in rushing attempts. At the end of 2015, they were 12th. And we are being outrushed by 40 yards a game so far this year. So um, whether that's telling you about what's wrong with the offense in the first half, or what's wrong with the offense overall, or it's just these are representative of losing, I don't know. I can't tell you chicken or the egg or however that works. But I can tell you that we are throwing the ball too much. And that when we throw the ball, we don't throw it very far. And when we run the ball, we're not... I mean, honestly, it's if you look at like yards per rush, we're, we're doing well. Yeah. Our, our yards per rush is great. Um, I also saw... Well, hold on, hold on. I got a stat that fits in perfectly with that. Please. Uh, my last stat. Uh, the Chiefs have trailed by two scores on 52.8% of their offensive snaps. I did see that. 2.8. I did see that. And the next closest, the Chicago Bears, the the powerhouse Chicago Bears at 37.5. So we are 15 percentage points ahead of them in the most offensive snaps taken down two scores. And this is with me, every game, before every game last season, the Chiefs got to get a lead. They got to play with a lead. And I I thought they might be different this year. It doesn't look like they're going to be different. And they've played... All of this down two scores. Right. Honestly, we're super lucky to be two and two. That's Very. that's might be the one thing that you should take away from this podcast. We are lucky to be a two and two football team. Very, very, very lucky. Uh, to to just continue to play on that. I hope Fitzpatrick gets my my fruit basket that I said. <laughs> to to add to the whole Chiefs and Bears association, uh, the Chiefs and the Bears are the only two teams in the NFL without an offensive touchdown coming from outside the red zone. <laughs> Too many, too many <laughs> Bears and Chiefs parallels. <laughs> um, I also want to point out, and this is this is kind of uh, <clears throat> adding to all the problems that we have with the passing offense. Um, so far, through four games, the Chiefs already have seven players with double-digit receptions. All right, seven guys have at least <laughs> ten catches already. Yeah. We only had eight guys do it in 2015. Yep. I bet Albert Wilson's got like 10 catches for 18 yards or something. It's 10 for like 60. But (laughs) but you want to know who also has 10 catches for like 60 yards? Tyreek Hill. Hey. Um, But, I mean, we're talking about like some of the guys that don't have 10 catches yet. Jamal Charles. Um, (laughs) I hope not. So so, We should have been throwing him the ball in the last two minutes. (laughs) Exactly. Jesus. Um, So, I mean... Jamal will definitely be the eighth guy, uh, and Demetrius Harris has five catches already, and I think Ross Travis has my guy three or four. So, like, the Chiefs will probably surpass that eight guys getting ten catches, but to think that it took all season. Ross Travis looks scared of the rain. He was another guy. Yeah. He threw in that ball, he's just like, uh, uh. 
Catch I, the ball. I think Catch the ball. I think everybody's really... Uh, Sick of screen passes? No, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm, they are. We're going we're gonna to talk about that here in just a second. Before, before we get to the actual execution of the offense, um, let's, let's just say this. I think everybody knows that uh, I'm hoping that this bye week is a good time for Macklin to take a step away and get his head right. And, we talked and about that. Grieve in whatever way that he needs to or just reassess what's going on. And, and you know, hopefully he and Alex can, can get on the same page. Um, we know that last year Jeremy Macklin had a remarkably efficient season where they said that he did he did he only have one drop or was it zero drops last year? Uh, Some not in, sure. It, I think it was I think it was none the entire season. Yeah, I mean whether it was one or it was zero, that's incredible. Um, last year Macklin was targeted 124 times and he caught 70 percent of those balls, 87 catches, most by a Chiefs receiver in a single season, his first year in a uniform. So far, and I know that one of the aberrations here, I believe, was the Houston game where he was targeted 15 times. Yes. But Macklin has been targeted 37 times and only has 20 catches. So last year, 70.2% of the time that the ball was thrown to him, he caught it. And thus far this year, 54.1%. That is a major drop-off. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm kind of shocked how good his stats are. He's at 244, which is almost exactly a thousand yard pace for the mm-hmm. season, which is kind of like where we pegged him at before last year, I guess. And he ended up 1,088 with missing a game. Um, but yeah, there's been some talk about that. Like, why are Alex and Jeremy Macklin out of sync when they were in sync? They're, they're more like the Backstreet Boys now <laughs> when they were in sync last year, is what I'm saying. Maybe even 98 degrees right now. In uh, in 2015, through the first four games, uh, it was about as as ugly as it gets. Um, but I, I do want to point out that the Chiefs' defense last year that ultimately ended up getting a lot better, a lot better. Through the first four games, they gave up 125 points last year, and we were worried that the defense may not be as good. Um, granted, we're not playing against explosive defenses or whatever, but um, the Chiefs' defense through four games has given up 92 points. Um, the difference here is also, though, that we scored 100 points in those four games and we've only scored 83. So technically, right now, the the defense has has actually gotten better and the offense has gotten worse, which is kind of the opposite of what we thought. Um, I know that we want to... miss you, Sean Smith. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you in the first four games last year. I know that you cost us that home field with your suspension. We could have had it. We could have had something nice. Don't drive drunk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, um, I is that wanna, what you got it for? Yeah, it was a deal. Uh, I do. I do want to. Uh, I could have driven you around, Sean. I could have. I'm a good driver. You would have loved to do that. I could have driven him around. I miss you, Sean. I like that. I shirt, still miss Sean. you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that shirt. I like all the shirts, man. That guy has got style. I'm going to go to quote number two for the podcast here. From Tamba Ali after the game. You know, Philly kind of plays the same offense, so they kind of knew what they were coming into this time. If you look at the first half, everything we did, it's almost like they knew that we were doing it. It's like they did their homework. 
They lost badly to that team, and they did their homework. They came out in this game, and they knew. They just knew. Something, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, you look at that, you're Andy Reid, you look at that game tape, um, and you're like, do, do we just attack them the exact same way? Or do we try and get creative and, and mix it up off that? And fuck if I know what they decided, and it didn't work. I mean, I'll, I will say one huge difference. The Eagles were playing with a huge lead the whole day, and the Chiefs were not. And they're both around the same offense. They're both offenses are better to run with the lead. I mean, they're they're five yards in a cloud of dust, pretty much. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling the Chiefs' offense for now. Five yards in a cloud of dust. Thought it could be different. Haven't shown anything different so far. It's still five yards in a cloud of dust. Still an efficient efficiency based offense. I mean, we were still throwing passes like horizontally. Yeah. In the fourth quarter. Oh my god. Like yeah. Trying to do it wide was, receiver and tight screen passes and stuff. And I'm like, this is this is what we've got. Like this is it. This is it. I mean, if you wanted to see the major difference between Alex and Ben, just look at in the first quarter when they both had opportunities on free plays and Roethlisberger was able to get the ball out of his hand and 45 or 50 yards down the field and Alex had to start scramble and arm punt it out there for 12 yards and it skipped before it got to the receiver. Yep. It's just like... I he think, was looking, though. He's, he's gotten I mean, better on those. He's gotten better on those. Yeah, great field awareness. Because he, no. well, he chucked one up in one of the games this year. Yeah, we, we got, drew an offside interception. And chucked one up. And, yeah, yeah, got yeah, yeah. The Texans, I think. Right. Um, I, I did want to, at the very least, just acknowledge the fact that I think maybe all of us, the, the royal we, didn't consider how similar, you would assume, the offense in Philly and the offense in Kansas City are so we thought, oh, well, you know, maybe we can sort of copy that game plan. And Pittsburgh was able to not only look at Chiefs tape, but also look at Philly tape and, and be really prepared. Um, and I, I am choosing to believe, despite the fact that he is a like borderline Hall of Fame head coach that is kind of beloved, I, I am choosing to believe that Andy Reid said, Oh man, look how good Doug did. Let's just try to recreate that because we can just attack them in the same way yeah. and not think that Pittsburgh was going to be able to make adjustments. It's really frustrating to me that regardless of whether they were throwing the ball down the field or not, that each of the first three teams Pittsburgh had faced threw for 300 yards and the Chiefs were losing the entire game with opportunities to throw the ball and still didn't get there. That might seem trivial, but like... Carson Wentz threw for 300 yards yeah. in a game that they won 34-3. to yeah. And we're behind the whole time, and in garbage time is when you're supposed to be like, come on, where's Blake Bortles? Give me yeah. Bortles garbage time. Give me Stafford Give yards. me Stafford yards, too. But man, like, I just, uh, I gotta tell you, I, I, not pleased. Huh. Not burning it down, but I am, I am not pleased. That performance was... Absolutely embarrassing. I thought that the team was going to come out and lose, but I i mean, I had multiple people ask me, like, what do you expect? I expect the game to be really close and really competitive because both teams are good. Yep. But the Chiefs are not going to be able to win because they're walking into a buzzsaw after what happened last week. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, they didn't even compete at all. 
I mean, Carrington compared it to like Alabama playing Toledo, and that's <laughs> basically what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was really. Bad. I mean, we, were, we were talking over there for a while. Like, is this going to get like fifty to nothing? Like, are we going to lose fifty to nothing? Well, I love that Therese, when he was talking about like, listen, if they weren't, you know, if they really weren't competing, then they would have put up forty on them. Oh wait, they did put up forty. <laughs> He's like, well, they would put up fifty, and I'm like, Therese, that's just one more touchdown. Oh god, if the Steelers like, would have kept airing it out, oof. Yeah. It was real bad. Yeah. Defensively, uh, I mean, can you? Is there? Can you, can you point blame? Like, can we, let's let's play a game. Let's play a game. Do this on the fly. Okay. Let's play a game of who you mad at. Okay. Who you mad at on defense? On defense? Who you mad at? I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off here. You just time to think about it. I'm mad at Allen Bailey and I'm mad at Jay Howard. I thought we were supposed to have a great D line. Supposed to be the strength of our team. And I'll bring you back to a question I asked before the season. Are they actually, are, did they get better and that's why they're the strength of the team? Or did they just get, were they, were they the strength of the team by default? Because we lost Sean Smith, so our corners weren't as good. We lost just, or Justin Houston's question mark, so our outside linebackers aren't as good. So by default, the defensive line is the best. And I just don't, we're not getting any pressure. Is it just impossible for a 3-4 defensive line to, to get pressure and dominate a game? Like, I don't understand. They're not... Those Alan Bailey hasn't made a play all season. Jay Howard's one of the lowest-ranked uh, defensive linemen on Pro Football Focus, and they actually gave him a good grade on, on Sunday. I, don't, I didn't really see why. Um, I had this really good nickname for him, too. I was going to call him Bebop and Rocksteady. Some of my childhood idols. But you know what I'm calling now? B-Crap and Rock Shitty. <laughs> Boom! Roasted! I mean, I, I will definitely admit that through four weeks, we haven't had those Jay Howard moments where we're like, oh my god, he's in the backfield. Yeah. Like, they just snapped the ball. Yeah. And uh, that's that's been hard to watch. I, I do... Um, who you mad at? Who you mad at? I mean, I'm definitely mad at D Ford. Like, oh. I'm just going to... I'll just start with the obvious. I know that we could have saved him for the end because he's just the whipping boy. I forgot about him. But um, I... Have zero positive things to say about D Ford. I don't have a single positive thing to say. Uh, he's not good at getting to the passer. He's not good at setting the edge in the run game. He's not good dropping into coverage. The like these these are the three things that you are asked to do, and you can't do any of them at a professional level. He's really not good at dropping into coverage. Um, he dropped into coverage in when Pittsburgh was like inside the five on. A touchdown play, and then I believe a two-point conversion play. Yep, back to um, back. And he did not move. Yeah, the he first was like standing in the spot that he was like, okay, so is this? It's like it's it's as if they had painted the feet on the floor. Like this is your spot yep. that you're supposed to stand on on stage, and and it's right here. And it was this the is home. This is home. And and I don't know if that's <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's that Will Smith movie. Yeah, the with Kevin James. The matchmaker, no, Chris. No, 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 Hitch. Nah. Yeah, yeah, Hitch. I ain't watching that. Yeah. I, I, t- I take all my movie recommendations from Carrington. <laughs> all of them. Dumb and Dumber's terrible. What's the one I always talk about? Failure to launch or something? I don't even know. One of those wrong. Co- no, the breakup. Oh. He thinks the breakup's like a top five movie of all time, and it's just. It's okay. It can't be good. I've never seen it, but I can't. It, it's okay. I mean, it's Vince Vaughn yelling. Yeah. That's it, that's what the movie is. But so the coaches put D Ford in like the perfect spot because it's like a slant. It's like a slant, and he took it away. If Ben, like, 
you know, doesn't see him or something, just throws it too quick for any pressure, you know. You know, when there's pass rush, sometimes quarterbacks make bad decisions. I know we've, we may have forgotten about that. It may have been the strength of our team for three years, but we haven't really seen it uh, in a while now. Uh, but if he's pressured at all, maybe he throws it to him. But he's in the perfect spot, and he just, you know, no no uh, hindsight awareness. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The Peripheral, uh, peripheral awareness. Just no <laughs> idea what's going on. Just standing there, like, throw me the ball. Come on, Ben, throw me the ball. And that's all we've got anyways. But. Well, I I mean, we, we did see in that that Antonio Brown, in man coverage, I think, with Steven Nelson, runs a drag route. And D Ford, he like they like sort of rub shoulders, and D was like surprised, like, "Hey, hey, my and, spot." And instead of like chipping him like you're turn, supposed yeah. to, yeah. the best player, like the best offensive weapon in the NFL, yeah. no, surely don't don't try to knock him off his route or yeah. anything. Don't do that. No, no, no. Hey, hey, you're in my get out of here. Yeah, you're in my spot. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, uh, I'm really. Totally, completely, a hundred percent done with him. If the Chiefs can cut Kavari Russell before we actually like get to play a game, D Ford can absolutely be cut after year three. Yeah, there's no reason that he should be back. The only good game that he's had was against somebody that should not be playing in the NFL. And if somebody else wants oh. to take a chance on him, like you know, I think Aaron Maben got to get a second contract. Yeah, like that's D Ford right now. Sometimes he's Aaron Maben. Sometimes he just can't. Do it. Sometimes it's whiff. And that's and it's fine. Yeah. I honestly like. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know what? It sucks that we took a guy in the first round and we thought we put him in the perfect position to succeed, and he hasn't been able to do it. That yeah. really, really sucks, and it hurts the team a lot. But I don't care as long as they just just yeah, get him out. Don't compound the problem by putting him out there. Yeah. I would just. I would much rather see them play a combination of Desmond Moses and Daddy Nicholas instead of wasting these snaps on somebody that is not going to turn the corner. He's been given enough opportunities, and I'm done. Yep. The other guy I'm mad at. Can I keep going? You let me be mad. I'm. Hey, you sound pretty fired up. Who you mad go at? For go for it. Who you I'm, mad at? I'm mad at Eric Berry. Oh! And the reason that I'm... I've been mad actually, at Actually, you know Barry. what? Let me just put it this way. I've been I mad. don't know if I'm necessarily mad at Eric Berry, because people may want to blame it on Eric Berry's out of rhythm. I, I went on a, I went on a little, little tweet-a-thon on Friday. Eric Berry's just not good. Oh, and I think it's that the NFL, the NFL, the safety hear. position in the NFL yeah. is not good. Yeah. So, like, I may not, I'm not like trying to point out Eric Berry, but I mean, I asked the question. No one had an answer for me. Like, is Harrison Smith good? The Vikings were on national TV last night. Did you see Harrison Smith like make a ton of plays? Uh, no, you didn't. And he makes more money than Eric Berry, and he's the consensus number one safety in the league. I mean, is uh, are people still like, oh my God, Earl Thomas every week? No, they're not. And I don't know if that's injuries or what, but safety is arguably the worst position in the NFL talent-wise across the board outside of maybe guard. But I think that they're pretty comparable despite know, both being in the middle of the field. I don't think that's it. I think I think the safety position has been rendered uh, like kind of useless. It's just because I mean all all you can do now is play center field. Yeah, and the best one is Tyron Matthew, who plays corner yeah. most of the time. <laughs> but I mean, you can't you can't hit anyone over the middle anymore. You can't intimidate like that. I mean, so what? Reggie Nelson can. You know what the I saw is? Reggie Nelson do it. Yeah, that was a good hit. It was one. It was good. You know what the answer is? Don't pay your safeties. Don't <laughs> pay mean, your money. 
I can I can tell you right now that Eric Berry will not be a chief next year. You know I you know and, I danced and, on this and, all offseason. <laughs> I danced on it. I mean we Chiefs are in a tough spot. They pagano themselves. I just They pagano themselves. They they did. They did. You know, Eric, Berry, Eric Berry will not be back. They did everything they could to try to get a reasonable contract. That's the problem, is that like Eric Berry will leave here, and he will get paid the amount of money that he wants to get paid oh, yeah. on the open market. Oh, yeah. And people will be like, not only did we get Eric Berry, you get the story and the allure of Eric Berry, you get one of the best safeties in the NFL. If Eric Berry is one of the best safeties in the NFL, then I don't want him. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't want to pay the money for what production you get from him. I heard somebody say, he's made one play this season, and it was, I mean, it wasn't even really his play. It was, it was no. the ball popped up, and he caught it. Yeah. That was it. And, and listen, it's great. I think that it's, it's... Everybody likes to see Eric Berry like leading the huddle, and I know that a lot of people have a lot of respect for him. And maybe what he does frees so many other people up to do what they do. It's the same conversation that we've had with Dontari Poe. Like, we don't know if the other people are good because Dontari Poe does all that other work, but like, I'm not going to pay two guys that that just free people up to do their job like that that's no, we might, we those might. are role players to me and you're talking about potentially paying like 25 million dollars to them on a yearly basis between the two in order to maybe let your other guys be good and we don't know if that's what they're doing or not and maybe that's an amateurish football opinion and well we might get the answer to this next year but we, I, might, we might figure out exactly how much each of them is worth I don't I don't want either one of them back. And I don't, I'm not mad at Poe. I just don't want to pay him the money. I am mad at Eric Berry. Should have kept Sean Smith over Eric Berry. Yeah. I mean, you really like Sean Smith, but I will tell you right now that... I just think... He has played really bad in Oakland. No, he hasn't. He's had two really good weeks the last two weeks. Well, I think that the Raiders are jerks. <laughs> I think they should not have used him at first. I think I mean, they started reading my tweets. Well, they also—they're like, damn, this guy has darkness on us. We ain't using him right. He they, can't guard these guys like Cooks. He can't guard them. They have cooked. They haven't been able to generate much of a pass rush either. I mean, it was like breaking news that Khalil Mack actually got a sack. So yeah, that's that's the scariest thing about the Raiders right now is that they've won three road games and they're playing really well, and their defense has been absolutely abysmal. Yeah. They've been real bad. Yeah. I actually was listening to the Ringer NFL show, and they were talking about, I believe it was Robert Mays, who said, yeah, you know what? It was really awesome to see the Raiders like play a complete game on Sunday. I was like, are you kidding me? Complete game? Complete game? You thought their defense played well against the like no-running-game Ravens? This terrible, terrible offense of the Baltimore Ravens put up 27, right? Oh. Yeah, not good. I don't know. Not good. Uh, I just look at how you build great defenses, uh, and I think it's just pass rush and corners. And then, do you think that? Yeah, I, I really, I might have heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I may have heard someone say that. What do you to say? Be are, good, you mock- that, are you mocking me? No, are you I'm just, me? I just, I'm just wondering. Like, but what? I don't think so. That's that's I, four players. I'm giving you a hard time. I know. It's, I know. Not, it's just like that. But that's the four thought. or five players, and then the other ones you just kind of fill in. Like, look at the Broncos. <laughs> <clears throat> they lost a lot of players on their defense this year. They're still just as good because they got their corners and they got their pass rush. The other guys are just kind of fill-ins. Like, like they lost starting inside linebacker. They lost Malik Jackson. They lost another defensive linebacker who I can't name. And they're just—they're still good because you can't throw them. You can't have time to throw, and then you, you're throwing at dangerous corners when you are. Mm-hmm. And then so I think it's those two, and then run defense. 
And that's just kind of a, like, hopefully you're good at run defense, but that's kind of secondary to that. And the, the Chiefs, Tomba got old, D Ford missed, Houston is hurt, they got rid of Sean Smith, and now the defense isn't as good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much that's where they're at. Do you think, do you have any reason to believe that Philip Gaines, Stephen Nelson, DJ White, Eric Murray, like any of these guys are going to be good enough that the Chiefs are not going to have to try to go outside of the organization to find someone to play opposite Marcus Peters so that like they can the so that they can try to focus on the pass rush. Yeah, I mean, I've seen positive things from Gaines and Nelson. Uh, I think you give, I mean, hopefully you get Gaines to play a whole season, get his body right. Uh, Nelson, I think, showed me some things. I mean, getting roasted by Antonio Brown on a play where Ron Parker should have had deep help. That's not, I'm not really putting that on Stephen Nelson. I mean, he's there. He's mm-hmm. he's on his body. That's that's kind of good enough for me. I mean, it's, it's obviously kind of a losing play, but from a corner guarding the, the best in the world, like, that's not a terrible play. Uh, so I, I've seen some things I like from them. I think they're just young, and they're they're not there yet. And we kind of want the team to be there now, and they aren't there yet. And that's why I've kind of, I mean, offseason, I was kind of spitting, like, I look at the Chiefs more of a 2017 or 2018 team more than 2016. Like, most, a lot of people were in win-now mode uh, as opposed to them. Um, yeah. I had another thought there, but it's, it's long gone now. Dirk, I have a final quote that I want to use today. Okay. And um, other than that, I'm out of info. Is there anything else that you want well, to get to? I'm still mad at someone. Can I be mad at someone still? Please. Who are you mad at? Bob Sutton. I'm Bob a... Sutton. You took it out of my mouth. I mean, I just figured. We talked before the season about how he might have a wrinkle up his sleeve. 2014, I feel like it kind of changed things. Changed the whole scheme of the defense. Uh, and it worked beautifully, in my opinion. I gave him MVP of that season. Uh, and I see no wrinkle whatsoever this season. I see nothing. Um, what I would like to see, my thoughts, I mean, you can't get a pass rush. I'm sending blitzes all the time. I'm going all out. And you're relying on untrusted corners there, I guess. But it's not, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I just don't see the big wrinkle. I mean, the defense has been fine, I guess. I shouldn't be that mad at him, but uh, I, I was hoping he would have something up his sleeve and he had nothing up his sleeve. I'm also kind of disappointed that we're 28th against the run right now. And we keep we keep thinking we're a good run defense and that's gonna go away. But it's it's kind of been four weeks now and kinda of each team has kinda of put up some yards and I mean if we don't have a good run defense, we're gonna not be a good defense. Something that, that just made me think of, um, and this may be more of a Chiefs offensive point, but you know, I was thinking about like the different ways that the Chiefs defense has played and I believe it was 2014 when they decided that they had to play like bin but don't break, like keep just keep it in front. Yes, yeah, so in 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 my uh, um, viewings, it was 2013 was like exotic blitz scheme, and the 2014 was really bin but don't break mm-hmm. and rely on. I mean, get pressure from your front four, which was dominant, and then put seven people in coverage. I um, sort of thinking about the Chiefs' offense and the favors that they do opposing teams by never actually attacking down the field or even for the most part like in the intermediate portion of the field to where like 
defenses don't even have to try to keep the ball in front of them. Like, because we're just like keeping the ball so close to the line of scrimmage, and it's like you're always going to be attacking downfield against our offense yeah. because we're like we don't actually attack you downfield. Yeah. Um, I need I need to preface that I'm 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 harsh on the defense because the chief the defense was so great last year, and because for this team to be great, we need the defense to be elite, like I was talking about earlier in the podcast. So they're kind of graded on a curve there. Like they're still an average defense, so that's you know fine, but. For this team to be great this year, they need to be top five. I think the offense and the defense both have opportunities to, during this bye week, get better. Yeah. You know? And I think throughout the season, they have opportunities to get better. It's a very doom and gloom, but I I think that right now they are two and two, which which is awesome considering how they've played. I mean, could the team, through the first four weeks, like, could you be more upset with basically the product on the field? No, they've looked shitty. Like, really shitty. They've looked really, really, really bad, shitty. and they're 500. Like, yeah. that is honestly a plus. Yeah. They are better than I thought they were going to be in the win column, and they're 2-0 and at home. I mean, like, I... I, I also I trust the team to rebound. <clears throat> I do, too. I do, too. Um, I'm not saying, like, the season's over or anything like that, but it's just... You know, it's a, it's a good week to air some frustrations. It is. Air some grievances. It's, in- it's an early Festivus this year, everybody. <laughs> Along that theme, uh, I will finish today with a quote from wide receivers coach David Culley. And I don't know if this is, you know. We have two weeks to get ready for Oakland. We'll take our frustrations out on them. And I like that. I think it's a, you know, we, we basically, we've got, we've got two Raider weeks in a row. I'm loving that. You know how much I hate the Raiders. I know you're more of a Broncos hater. I'm a Raider hater. But I am. I despise the donkeys. Yeah, damn right. I'm looking forward to seeing the Chiefs uh, have the kind of overcorrection game that Pittsburgh did against the Raiders. Um, that's really what I'm, I'm hoping for. That's what the NFL is. That's what I'm, I'm really hoping for. I, I, I plan NFL bets around that. Like this team looked so bad last week, they're going to bounce back this week. Like especially if they're coming home or something. We're not coming home, I guess. But uh, that's that's kind of the, the bounce-back spot, if you will. And I look for that all over. I do want to give just a couple, I don't know if it's like three cheers, like just a couple quick... Some we, positives? We, we haven't said enough good things, not only like just about these players, but maybe just inside of this podcast. And we said that we would give you guys a couple like garbage-time touchdowns at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like so, that. I like um, that. Garbage-time touchdowns. I, Some Bortles points right here. I... I want to give a lot of credit to the way that Chris Conley is playing Damn. right now. Um, I, I think that one of, one of the things that we mentioned when we were talking about like having a quarterback, that if the quarterback was better, that the offense would look better, obviously. Um, one of the guys that I think would, would maybe make the biggest difference with a different quarterback would be Chris Conley. Because right now, with the limited opportunities that he's getting... Um, this guy is so much better than I thought he was going to be. And that's not just because I was like trying to pick between him and Albert Wilson, but maybe just because I see the Chiefs take these middle-round receivers like fairly often, I guess. Yeah. And I'm always just like, they're not going to be good. No. And so I, I just never... My expectation for Chris Conley when we drafted him was like, oh, sure, yeah, great. Can't, can't wait to see him not be on the team in three years. Yeah. And um, he's... He he looks great. He looks like a legitimate receiver. Yeah, he he looks very good, very very good. Um, the yeah. other guy 
if you don't mind, because okay. you, you put your hands up and you're like, did, yeah, you, well, yeah. did you come up with one? Yeah, I got one. Go ahead, please. No, you go ahead, you go ahead. No, 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 I don't want to steal your second all right, one. All right, Tyreek Hill? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, takes another one back to the house. Uh, we haven't really, you, you tweeted it at one point, we haven't really spent much time talking about it, but we've talked about him off air. Yeah, we've we've had some some conversations he's, outside of the podcast. He looks really good. He's fast. Uh, he looks like a natural returner. He's. I really, really didn't understand putting Niall Davis back at kick returner. I was complaining about that before his, uh, you know, take out to the ten and then take back to the two yard two yard line kick return, whatever that was. Um, I don't understand why. I mean, we put. We put Tyreek Hill there, like he, we we established him as the better returner, and he returned like, a touchdown. It we, got called back, but like he has a kick we return touchdown. That. He we also has a punt that. return touchdown. Like, I'm why is Lyle Davis on the team? Uh, I mean, listen, there. I think that quite possibly, the most, if if I'm mad at someone, like if we can just. Real quick, rewind one quick point. Who you mad at? Yeah. I'm really, really upset that John Dorsey or the medical staff or whoever decided that the target for Jamal Charles coming back was at Oakland in week six. They had no intention of playing him before that, and they did not put him on the pup list. Yeah. To give him one game. Yeah. He would have been eligible to come off the pup list the next week and play. So they decided that just for the Raiders game, they want Jamal. Don't get me wrong, he scored five touchdowns in Oakland. He's a Raider killer. I love that. But, like, one extra game of Jamal instead of having a roster exemption this whole time? I mean, it causes Kevara Russell, right? Which may be nothing. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. But but I'm still looking at, like, I, I just, I know that we've talked about, like, guys that are inactive versus active and whatnot, but, like, why... You had, why is now Davis on the team? Why is DeAnthony Thomas on the team? Like, why did you keep all of these guys who are basically kick returners, who have no effect on the offense whatsoever, to have them be inactive each week? I think, like, are we stashing DeAnthony Thomas in case Tyreek Hill gets hurt and he's just it. here? I think that's and it. And that's it? I think he's a talent, but I think he's so similar to Tyreek that you don't want to get rid of him. And, I mean, you got to make someone inactive. He's got to be so... And I, I mean, whatever. Maybe forget the player's feelings. He has to be so pissed off. And I don't think it's, like, motivating pissed off. Like, I think he's just counting down the minutes and, like, cannot wait to get an opportunity to play against the Chiefs. Maybe we're punishing him by keeping him. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. How, I just, about, like, how about that those, penny game? It's just like a... No, no. Keep him on the team, but make him inactive every week. We'll show him. I'm just, I'm, man, I don't know. Yeah, the Jamal Charles Pup thing doesn't make... That's like, that's a really, really stupid decision that doesn't make any sense to me. Also, we haven't railed enough against the team playing Jamal and running him with two minutes left. Uh, Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it's dumb. I don't care. I don't care who was hurt. I don't care what was going on. You don't you don't play Jamal Charles. And it wasn't just one play. He was out there blocking on another play. I get it. I just... Like, that kind of stuff, I don't care. I just don't. Well, you don't care because like, he didn't get hurt. But if he right, got hurt, so he didn't, but he but he didn't, so why even worry about it? Like, huh? yeah, you put him in you put him in a position that he could have gotten hurt. Yeah. That that but he didn't, so let's just move on. 
That's just, that's the way that I look at that. Because I hear people that want to harp on that, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. I get I get your frustration. All right, but well, nothing happened, so let's just bury that. All right, uh, then I would just say I don't want to hear you complain when it does happen. Okay, well, let's wait. When it happens, <laughs> I, I won't complain about it. I mean, he's playing the, the result. When Jamal Charles the, gets hurt when we're down 35 in the fourth quarter, and he should have been on the field. Let us let me know when that happens. would have been a much different podcast. <laughs> it definitely would have been a much. It would have been a much different podcast. I mean, maybe it would have turned the season around. Is that <laughs> maybe? Huh? Oh yeah. Am I? Am I going? Am I going off no, the rails? No, no, no. Right, maybe. I huh? like it. All right. That's what we need every season. Well, folks, this has been Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He's his darkness. Uh, do me a favor during yeah. the bye week. Oh hey, can we give quick shoutouts? Hey. Go and donate. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. During during okay. the bye week, I want you to okay. maybe on your NFL Sunday when the Chiefs aren't playing. Yeah. Think, man. You know what? I miss those Chiefs. And because I'm not spending money on like going to the tailgate, yeah, yeah. I want to spend money on yeah, Amateur Hour this yeah. week and make a donation. Yeah, there that's you go. that's what I would like. I like it. Personally. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if we, maybe if we get enough donations, we'll have a super special show next week. And maybe if we don't, we won't do anything. Maybe. We won't do anything. Maybe we'll take a bite. We're not going to do anything at all. Not even try. A quick shout out to some uh, friendly folks this week. Josh Inglis, Matthew Stagner, Scott Maturin. Sorry if I mispronounced that. You're really good at, at enunciating. Yeah, like that? Yeah. Especially the different phonetics of like people's names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even tell if you're being honest or not. <laughs> James Farrell and Vincent Moeller. A guy I grew up with. Big fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah, is he a good bowler? Yes. Yeah, better than you? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. That's hard I went to a... Dirk's a really good bowler. I went to a national good. tournament when I was like... Uh, I was probably 12 or something. He would have been like 15 up in Pennsylvania. Uh, and he, he won the tournament. Hmm. Like his age group. We were in like the same bracket. That's cool. I lost on a pocket 7-10, so... I'm, I'm not salty about it, I swear. I don't even know what you just said. I'm, I swear, I don't think about that every day. <laughs> that, that, but shout out to Vinny That worst moment of my life when He's a good guy and he likes the podcast 12 years old It's been all downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> This has been Amateur Hour And this is a new guy that Steely Dan even, Dude can Steely I, can Dan I, Can I tell you That I feel like the universe Has been trying to have a conversation with me About Steely Dan <laughs> Not only were there multiple people That were like like retweeting every negative thing said about me having a, a Steely Dan sucks take, um, but I saw multiple people, multiple people. Imagine the. Have you ever seen a Steely Dan T-shirt on a person? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I saw two since we last recorded. Yeah. Someone just like standing there on the street corner while I'm driving, Steely Dan shirt. Nice. I'm like what? No. You roll out your window no. and boo I wanted to. I wanted to be like, I wanted, I wish I would have had the recorder with me so I could have been like, Steely Dan sucks. You're like, hey. Should have thrown your burrito at him. Man. You just threw a burrito at me, bro. <sighs> so who is this? Is this Ross Stewart? This is, this, I sing you the song. It's The guy's name's Hudson Scott. He didn't even have a full album, not yet. You sent me like a text? Yeah. I don't, I don't read those. I know. <laughs> I think I remember that. Uh, I got it from, uh, the... Steely the, Dan Hate Club? The newest episode of High Maintenance. Oh. How much it? It's really good. 
Haven't watched First Westworld yet. Watched episode 7 of Stranger Things last night. One of, one of my favorite TV shows I've watched in a long time. Stranger Things is really good. So I got one episode left, so. I started watching Easy. I saw that. On Netflix? I saw that because Ryan steals my Netflix account. You hear that, everybody? Dirk donates his Netflix account. <laughs> and you can donate to this podcast. Yes, you can. So that we can keep paying for Netflix. Yeah, so I can keep paying. We can, yeah, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's film study. <laughs> Enjoyed that! Congratulations, honey. You were great.